Oh my god, what's up party people? Welcome to this week's episode of Romancing Nancy Drew. I'm your host, Andy Nickerson, which stands for Nancy Drew Nickerson. You can find me at that handle on Blue Sky. Occasionally, very, very occasionally on the abomination formerly known as Twitter. You can also find me at Romancing Nancy, which I occasionally remember to update on Blue Sky, but don't even bother with on Twitter anymore. Dumpster fire. Um, this week's episode is, I say week, like I haven't been dying for the past three. This time, we're talking about the strange message in the parchment, which I've got to be honest with you, like, we've had some fun covers. I really like the original covers. I really like the, like, late covers as well. There's some stuff in between that we're not fans of. This one, though, has Nancy, like, she's rocking some big hair, and she's looking down, and her eyes are closed because she is telepathically sensing some artwork. Um... I say that like that's not pretty much what happened. Um, the the actual tapestry, the well, it's not a tapestry. The parchment image, which to me feels kind of tapestry esque, and that it's like a, a set of panels that tell a story, um, is kind of depicted behind her, all monochromatic with like some people's faces and things, and it's it's a really interesting cover. I like it. It's also got the interesting like 1980s school photo background where it's kind of like modeled like golden brown, like that marbled look for when you're going to be maybe putting a lot of aquanet on the hair. Um, anyway, but it's cute. And also she's wearing like this little turquoise shirt. It's, it's real dreamlike. Like a lot of this, like a lot of this weird, weird fucking book. Um, I don't really know how to quantify this book. I've been thinking about it, and there's a lot going on, and it's real weird. Like, the book opens with Nancy trying on a sheepskin coat, which her friend, and I'm gonna, I'm, it's been, like, a solid three weeks since I've read this. I'm gonna make up everybody's names. Um, Janie. Um, her name is Janie now. I think it's Junie, but I'm gonna call her Janie, because whatever the fuck. Her dad owns a sheep farm, which, to me, again, we're in the Midwest. It feels a bit odd. Like, this feels more like a thing that one might own in a, a coastal state, but okay. Um, and so, she brought Nancy a sheepskin coat that her dad made because her dad makes everything. Like, if if you can do it with sheepskin, then he's doing it with, He probably has a little condom hut. Um, he's got... He makes some coats. He's got... Like, of course, the place where they take the sheep out of their mortal coil. Um, yeah, they don't, they don't like that part. There's also, he makes sheep skins in that he makes, like, diploma backings, which, yeah. Like, sure, 1970s, sure. Um, anyway, she brought Nancy a coat, and Nancy's like, I love this coat. This coat is fabulous. It is so, so cute. Um, I don't know that I would have, but okay. I was like, maybe it's Sherpa-ish and that I would be like, oh, this is, I'm going to pretend that none of this is real. I would have to really, I would have to. Um, but Nancy loves it. She's like, this is the best. Um, so she and her friend Janie go like, her dad's like, oh yes, tell your dad I said hi. And also look, I've got sheepskin in my office. And so he's showing off his diplomas, like, Carson likes to flex with his diplomas, and you're like, honey, we know. We know you're the best, but it's fine. It's fine. He's like, look at this. This is real cute. And they're like, it is real cute. You're good. Um, And then this bitch walks in and fucking steals Nancy's fucking coat, which they find out because Togo's barking, which Togo only appears. He, he lives in a portal, and he only appears when there's a stranger on premises. It's like he's like a guard dog, but 
It's okay. Maybe he's living his best life in that portal. Anyway, he comes running out and he's like, bark, bark. And Nancy's like, what the fuck? Togo, is there a boy in the well? He's like, no, no, somebody's stealing your fucking coat, lady. So, um, they haul ass, everyone, everyone in the, ha- in the house hauls ass. Um, and there's a girl who, like, very quietly walked into Nancy's house, picked up that fucking coat, and walked off with it. Nancy's like, how the fuck? What? Is there something special about that guy? And Janie's like, no, but, like, I was carrying it in a clear plastic bag, so maybe she saw me walk in with it and wanted it because it is the hottest thing ever. Oh, my God. And Nancy's like, sure. So, anyway, Togo chases the girl and, like, rips a shred of her skirt or something. Anyway, he, he gets a... Togo is a police dog, and so he gets a fragment of fibers, which they can use for CSI purposes. And um, the girl, like, freaks out and drops the coat. And so Nancy gets the coat back, but she's like, I'm gonna still punish this bitch for stealing my coat. And I was like, I don't... You got the coat, and the coat was fine. Like, it wasn't, like, marked up or any shit. But Nancy's like, no, you, you gotta pay. And I was like that's disappointing nancy but okay also she's like tug you're doing great um shit i'm gonna i'm gonna fuck everything up because like i said i read this shit like three weeks ago three fucking weeks ago anyway they get back to nancy's house and janie's like i'm a little shaken up janie also wants nancy to come back to her house because her dad got the parchment in question um and then received a weird phone call And the phone call was like, if you can figure out the mystery of the parchment, you will, like, undo a great disservice or right a great wrong, something like that. And Nancy's like, hell yeah, that's exactly what I'm here for. Vague, weird things that can help me right wrongs, but not when it comes to women just casually stealing shipskin coats. I I have to draw a line somewhere, and that's apparently where that fucking line is. And I was like, again, it's a weird line, but okay. So, um... Carson is not fan, not a fan of Nancy just, like, going there for an indeterminate amount of time. Because Nancy's like, who knows how long this is going to take? I'm, ha- I'm having to write a great wrong. This could take, like, three weeks. Um, her dad's like, can you, like, take your entourage? And Nancy's like, I don't know that they're available. They're not. They're actually not available. So Nancy has to go with Janie by herself, which, you know, we don't know. She needs, she needs a, a gang of people around her at all times. Which is not true. I mean, she solved mysteries by herself, but whatever. We want Ned there for sexy reasons. Um, but yeah. So Nancy's like, yeah, I can go with you. And it's like three fucking hours away. Like it's a hot minute away. Um, I cannot remember what the fuck Bess and George are doing, but they're like, no, I can't come out yet. And blah, blah. And they do. It's weird. The boys come out later. The boys come out like basically at the end of the book, but it's fine. They get there. That's what's important. That's what's important. So, um, Nancy goes to Janie's house, and Janie has a really, it's really cute, like, apparently Nancy and Janie went to school together, but then Janie's dad, like, I guess moved the sheep or bought, I don't, I don't fucking know, they met somehow, and it was at school, and Janie was, like, a couple years, there's, like, a couple years difference in their ages, not much, um, Anyway, so they're like, oh, hey, Nancy, it's good to see you. Have you been solving mysteries? And Nancy's like, is my name Nancy Drew? This is, this is my jam. Please show me this tapestry slash weird parchment thing that is happening. The parchment is in four parts. Um, and it's in like a glass frame. And the first one is a really pretty woman. I'm going to mix up the order. I think I've got the order right though. Um, it's a really pretty woman. She looks very nice. Um, then the next one is a man who is facing away from the point of view. 
and he's got like a broad back and he looks like Nancy's like hmm the next one is a baby surrounded by angels but like they look real happy about it like they're not sad that he's with them and then the last one is two ships crashing into each other and Nancy's like okay I'm sensing from this that like it's it's real real weird that Nancy's like okay the vibes I'm picking up are the woman is the mom the dad facing away from the camera. The dad. Something happened to him. I feel like he's dead. It, it does feel very like cold reading. Um, the third one. She's like the baby. Very, very nice baby. Probably still alive. Last one. This is probably how the dad died. And everyone's like, cool. A anything else? And Nancy's like, no, that's it. I don't, I don't is the baby missing? Maybe. Um, is the mom missing? Some combination thereof. So she's like, have you ever taken it out of the frame? And they're like, uh, no. And so they open it up and there's like initials on the back of it like db and like maybe like an a behind the picture of the baby like i think it's like right behind where the baby is on in the little angel picture and nancy's like okay okay this is helpful probably these are the initials of the artist and the a may represent that baby's name with with an a and they're like you're you're magnificent we just we're overcome and nancy's like i oh, know it's fine it's fine save your tips and, and applause until the end so but they still don't know what the fuck's going on and nancy's like well we got to track down the artist because of the artist where'd you get it from and he's like oh well i bought it from my neighbor and Junie's like yeah and he's a total total asshole so i don't recommend it they're like out Janie decides to give nancy a tour of the grounds after i think like she looks at the picture and then they take a tour of the grounds and um it's like here's the little like tiny little lamb barn with a little baby lamb that's on the ground. And there's some dick who's in the barn. There, There's a lot of dicks in this. Literally, figuratively, ecumenically. Um, so there's this guy in the barn. He's like, well, this little lamb is laying down. And he was premature. And I don't know. He might not make it. And Janie comes over and she's like, bitch. And so she like gives him some milk. And he's like, I'm fine. He just springs up. And the guy's like, shit, you got me. Um, yeah, it's like a little lamb barn. And then once they're, like, strong enough to, like, run around outside, she lets them go out into the pasture. I don't... Again, livestock is a mystery to me. So, they're, like, cute and petting zoos. Anyway. So, Danny's like, yeah. Um, this, this little lamb is good. I'm gonna call you Lucky. Like, she names them. And I'm like, I don't know why you do that. Because, like, one of the next places she takes Nancy to is, like, the fucking slaughterhouse. And Nancy's like... I did not enjoy any part of this. Like, I understand that this is a part of what y'all do here and that sheepskins do not just, like, magically appear from sheep, but let's just never do that again. Um, she was like, it's distressing. I was like, it is distressing. Anyway, um, they don't wait until the sheep die of natural causes. She was like, it's, it's not great. Not a fan. Um, but this guy, like, roars onto their property and, like, almost locks Nancy and Janie over. And he's like, where the fuck is your dad? And she's like, in the fucking house, dick. And, like, she's like, yeah, that's the neighbor that my dad bought the picture from. And Nancy's like, he seems charming in that he's a horrible person. And she's like, yeah, well, all of those things. Nancy's like, what do you know about that bitch? Um, nothing, really. He is Italian and he has a farm next door that does like agriculture instead of live but maybe also some livestock um but it's a big place and he is one of Janie's dad's biggest customers and so she's like well we can't make him mad but like he's a bitch 
And Ace is like, yeah, all those things. Um, what else do you know about him? She, do you know where he got the, the picture from? And Jane's like, no, I have no idea. He just said that he bought it from somebody. So Nancy's like, well, we got to go talk to him. We got to find out like where he got the picture from so that we can maybe track it. And Jane's like, he's a bitch. Like, I'm, I'm not a fan of this plan. And Nancy's like, hey, it is tough to right great wrongs. You have to do shit. And Janie's like, that's true. Let's go do some shit. So, like, what else? They also go to see this, uh, oh, God. Um, his name is Easy in the book, but it's like E-E-Z-Y instead of E-A. And he's like, he seems a bit floaty. Um, like, high all the fucking time. Just high as a fucking kite. And he, he's a sheep farmer. So I guess maybe those two things go together. Maybe you just are like, I just like to casually take care of sheep. He also quotes the Bible like constantly and pretty much everything he says, like his little asterisk and then it has a little footnote telling you where it came from in the Bible. And I was like, this is weird. Um, because like he's talking to the girls and he's like, yes, as you know, from, from the book, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, they just nod. They're like, yeah, mm-hmm. Like kind of like just just it's 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 cool dude it's cool whatever um it's so weird but he's like yes i am a sheep person he also is like an irish liar that if the sheep slash this bitch ass ram get real mad he'll just like be like i'm gonna play some liar music and all the sheep are like yeah like it's just like audible ketamine apparently and he's just like yes we're just gonna play some gentle liar music um, so they go up to see him, and he's like, hey, girl, hey, uh, it's so good to see you. Who, who's your friend? And Nancy's like, hey, my name is Nancy, and I'm here to write some great wrongs. And he's like, I love that. I love that about you. Here is my tiny hut. Um, but here's the thing, like, when they come up to his cabin, like, initially, he's, they can't find him. And then they find him, like, passed out on the fucking ground. I was like, again, he got into the ketamine. But no, um, he's just laying there and they're like, are you okay? And he's like, uh, I'm, I was just taking a nap. And they were like, no, we, we saw two guys like running off when we came up here. Like, did they rough you up? And he's like, yeah. And they're like, what, what was it about? Like, what the fuck? Are you in bad with some lone sharks? Did they give you some ketamine? Are they trying to set up a tiny meth lab? And Easy's like, I don't want to talk about it. And they're like, okay, uh, can we help you? So what they decide is after that, they're going to bring him a little walkie talkie so that he can talk to the house. Cause he's like a hot minute away. Like they have to drive and then like hike up a, a fucking hill to get to his ass. So yeah, he need, he's in need of some walkie talkie. He's in need of the iPhone and I can't get up button. So anyway, they have their weird little talk with him and he, he refuses to talk about whatever those guys were up there to do. And also they were wearing coveralls, like they were painters. I don't know what the fuck. He also lives in a tiny little shack and Nancy's like, do you even have electricity? Because when they were like, we're going to bring him a walkie talkie. I was like, how is he going to charge that motherfucker? Are you going to give him batteries? Like what, what's the sitch here? Because is this going to be pointless? Also, does he have to leave it on all the time? Who's it connected to? So many questions. Anyway, he's like, I've got some lemonade, though. And I was like, so apparently you do have some way of... I don't know. I don't know what... I kind of feel like he was Waldening. Like, he was like, I'm going to pull a Thoreau and just live in a tiny shack, but people are going to bring me lemonade. And also do my laundry, because Thoreau. Um, anyway, I have feelings. Um, so, Nancy and Janie decide to go see Dickhead. Um, what's his fucking... 
I don't remember his fucking name. Like, it, it, what's a good... He needs a good mobster name. He is giving mobster vibes is what I'm trying to... Tony Soprano. They're just going to go see Tony Soprano. Um, but, like, even... I don't know. I was, like, even a little meaner. But Tony Soprano was fucking mean as hell. So, they're like, we're going to go to Tony Soprano's house. Tony Soprano's house has a gate around it to the point that you can't actually see the house from the gate. And so, they go to the gate and they, like, try to... First, they call because they're like, can we talk to your secretary? The answer is no. There is no secretary. And, like, the people who pick up the phone are like, what the fuck do you want? And they're like, we want to come see Tony Soprano. And they're like, no, you fucking don't. Um, they have to call, like, three times. They finally get Tony Soprano on the phone. He's like, whatever. Get over here. You got magazines, candy bars. Are you selling for your band? What's going on? Um, so, anyway, he's like, I don't have any time to meet with you. And they're like, it'll be like five minutes. We swear, we'll be right over. And he's like, what the fuck? Ever? 10 o'clock? Uh, no, it's like early. It's like, come over here at 8.45 sharp or some shit. Anyway. Um, I don't even, I think I'm mixing up two different things. Because they go to see him, I think they go to see him twice. Anyway, the first time, they come uninvited. That was true. Um, they try to go, they try to call, but like nobody would pick over the phone or some shit. Nancy's like, let's just go over there. So they jump over the gate because nobody will answer the fucking gate when they ring at it. Um, they hike up the actual, like really long walkway, the really long driveway to get to the house. And then like some fucking birds attack them, like legit Hitchcock movie birds. And they're like, what the fuck is going on? So... Um, yeah, they, like, have to, they're ripping out their clothes and trying going for them, and they're, like, hurt and everything, and this never comes up again later. Um, and so some guys come out of the house, and they're like, what the fuck's going on? And they're like, We're, these birds are attacking us! And they're like, what are you fucking doing here? Like, we'll, we'll get the birds away from you, but get the fuck out! And so, yeah, they, they go home. As one does. I'd be like, yeah, I'm gonna lay down for the rest of the day and maybe maybe not ever come back here. This place is haunted and I'm not here for it. Anyway. So when they call back and they're like, Hey, your birds attacked us also and he's like, I don't know what you're talking fucking talking about. And he's like, I'm not gonna meet with you. Eight forty five sharp, whatever the fuck. Like you got five minutes. Five minutes. So the girls get over there the next day. And they're like, Yeah, your birds are shitty and he's like you shouldn't have been here. You did not call first. And they're like, look, Tony Soprano, look, where'd you get the picture from? And he's like, I bought it off a person. And they're like, can you give us any more about it? And they're like, he's like, no, it was just at an auction. And I thought it looked cute, but now I'm tired of it. They were like, how long ago did you get it? And he's like, I don't know, like eight years ago. They're like, okay, did you get anything else? Can you tell us anything about it? And he's like, no. They're like, where'd you get it? And he's like, um, I don't know if he even tells them. He might have said Italy. He might have said during a trip to Italy, I got it. And they're like, okay, but I think he, anyway, he doesn't give him that much information. He's like, what do you, what do you need to know about it? And they're like, oh, we just thought it was cute. And we just wanted to know more about it for reasons. And he's like, does your dad want to get rid of it? Like what's going on? And he's like, they're like, I don't, we got to go home. Bye. So clearly like he, he, oh, Nancy's like, did you take it out of the glass? And he's like, did you? And Nancy's like, I don't know. Like it's, it's very ham fisted. Like you could have pulled this off with more finesse. I feel like you were giving away more information than you were getting really. Anyway, but he's like, you know, does he feel, does your dad feel like he was cheated? Does he, does he want me to take it back? Why are you coming over here asking me all these questions? Because she doesn't have a really good, like backstory planned out. She's just like, we need more information for this bitch. So Tony Soprano is clearly like nervous about all this. And when they go outside, they see like people working the, the land and they're like, well, maybe we can talk to them. And they go to the first one and he says basically no English, but he's speaking Italian. 
And they're like, and he's like, I don't know Italian, so I'm not really good at that. Junie's boyfriend, though, so she's a little bit older than Nancy, um, because Nancy's like, I have a special friend, because I'm not allowed to acknowledge that we've been married for 30 years. Um, her boyfriend apparently is studying Italian, and so his name is Dan, and so he, she's like, I'll invite him up here and see if, she, if he can talk to these, these farm workers. A second farm worker also can't speak English. The third one that they find is a little boy who is drawing a picture, and he's like, when he sees them, he like freaks out, and he's like, ah, and they're like, no, no, it's fine. Um, he's like, yeah, I'm not supposed to be drawing. And they're like, you can speak English. And he's like, a little bit. Uh, anyway, so he is like clearly nervous about Tony Soprano. He's, he's like, he, he, last time he caught me drawing, he tore up all my shit. So they're like, okay, well, um, can we come back and talk to you? And he's like, no. And he runs away because Tony Soprano is running after him and it's just real bad. He, he looks like he's about to like whip his ass and it's not great. It's not great. The, the Nancy and her friend are like. I don't know about this. Tony Soprano not striking me as a good person. Maybe, maybe no on this. Maybe no on all this. Not feeling it. Also, these workers look real, real sad. So, um, Nancy and her friend go back to see the sheep herder. Easy. Who's going to just quote random Bible verses at you like a fucking stoned out hippie. Um, on ketamine. He's just, just real high on ketamine. Um, he's just... The Aram lives there. We've discussed this earlier. He gets real, real mad. He actually, like, catches Nancy under his horns. And with the express purpose of tossing her up in the air so that he can, like, impale her on his horns. Which seems very metaphorical. Um, but Easy's like, no, we're going to play music. And then he turns on some Metallica. And that Ram's like, this is my jam. Never mind, girl. And then he plays his Irish lute. Um, but he lets the girl go and then he's like, oh, I'm fine now. And like lays down on the ground. All the sheep lay down on the ground. They're like, yeah, we're, we're done. It's fine. We've, we got this. We're, we're all dosed. It's like that one where you went to Scotland. Um, yeah. Nancy doesn't even think about that really. <laughs> every, every time she responds and is like, the only thing that I know is that I'm currently married to Ned and that I've solved a lot of mysteries. Anyway, so, um, I think the next thing, honestly, is that Nancy is thinking really hard about the picture and she wants to look at it again, and it's in the middle of the night, and I think that this is actually after she's, something happened, like, she got, it might have been after the bird attack when they were like, yeah, you need to lay down for the rest of the day, or, like, something like that, where she got, like, dosed by some shit, because that happens. People just, like, are like, what about some, like, chloroform, and she's like, I'm, I'm immune at this point, but it's just gonna give me a headache. Anyway. So, um, she comes downstairs, it's in the middle of the night, there's no one else there, and she hears a slight noise, and she looks over, and somebody is clearly, like, trying to take that picture off the wall. Um, she's like, no, stop, thief, whatever, and, like, throws something from across the room, and what ends up happening, actually, is that the thief throws something at her and hurts her wrist, I think, but, um, she catches up to the person and, like, rips his glove off, so she's got a glove, it's like Cinderella, and, um, something hits the glass like maybe the person throws the picture at her or something anyway it breaks the glass and but does pick up the picture and run off with it and Nancy's like well the person's probably cut up from the glass I hurt their wrist when I ripped off their glove and like I can give like a general description so they call the police again Nancy's private security service who was like oh yes we've heard of you um and Nancy's like yes he was here he touched this um doorknob also, I've got some footprints outside, and, like, the cops are like, you you barely need us here. Like, 
you got all this cool like seriously the fuck the weirdest thing though is that like when everybody in the house hears nancy trying to catch the thief like they come downstairs and they're like no don't follow him and i'm like follow him like you're not you don't have an allergy to following the criminals that you're chasing in other books but she's like oh i will just stay here and i'm like go see if there's a car like what the see what direction they're going in but she she's like no no it's okay i'll stay here and i was like what the fuck anyway so the cops are like okay we got a lot of evidence like nancy turned over the piece of skirt to chief mcginnis um, and he's like, we'll try to track her. She calls back occasionally. She's like, is this related to the, whatever we got going on up here where people are clearly like interested in this? I keep trying to say tapestry in this parchment illustration. And he's like, no, we picked her. Also, um, they found out that she got, she hitchhiked out of town. So they had, they caught a glimpse of her like Nancy had, but it was, she had just like hitchhiked with some rando. Um, they eventually do catch her. And it was exactly as Junie had said. The girl saw Nancy walk into her house, saw that the coat was in the bag, wanted the coat, walked into her house and picked it up. And that was it. it was, she's not related to anything else. She just really liked that coat. And now she's a changed person. Um, but you're like, sure, hon. Um, yeah. So Nancy's like, okay, I've lost the picture which sucks because she, um, she talked to Ned about what was going on because of course Ned was like, of course I'm going to be there. You know that I'm there for you. You're on a sheep farm that we're going to find some places to bang there. Like, oh my God. And the place is probably full of random places where people can just get, get freaky. However, there is a person I know who is an artist who maybe can help with like the actual picture like maybe look at it and recognize who did it something like that so he recommends that person to nancy nancy calls that person gets him like invites him up to see the picture well the picture is stolen that night like before he's ever had a chance to get up there and Nancy's like what the fuck am i gonna do like he's on the way she tries to call and head him off and he has already left because he lives a significant distance away and nancy's like son of a bitch so what she decides to do is to recreate it as best she can so she, um, they give her something that would be like suitably sized. And so she sits there, thinks about it for a really long time, sketches it out, shows it to the people in the house. And they're like, you are a gifted artist. And Nancy's like, I know. So she's in there finishing it like to, so that she can show it to him and, and at least give him some clue as to what it looked like in case he's got any ideas about like composition or, you know, what it could mean or symbolism. And then somebody, like, comes into where she's painting, which is, like, this little, like, greenhouse studio off the house. And they, like, dump paint on her picture. Like, to the point that she can't, like, fix it. Like, she can't get all the paint off. Like, the mom comes out and she's like, let me get some... Oh, shit, no. This is not coming out. And Nancy's like, this is the worst day ever. Like, probably the picture on the cover, which is her, like, looking down, thinking really hard, is from that, of her, like, trying to recreate the picture so that she could do it for the guy. Anyway, so Nancy's like, well, fuck. Well, son of a fucking bitch. Like, this is the worst. But the artist comes, and he's like, hey. And Nancy's like, I've got horrible news for you. Um, Yeah, the picture's gone. Somebody stole it. We're trying to recover it, but we haven't found it yet. And he's like, cool. Um, Cool. Love it. I've got a person I'm staying with nearby, so, like, maybe if you recover in the next few days, then I can take a look at it, but... Okay. Nancy's like, also, um, are you, is there anything else you can help me with? She's also trying to connect with a little boy. 
she's like, I've got a feeling about you. They find out his name is Anthony and he's, or Tony. He goes by Tony. I know this is confusing because I've been calling the mobster Tony Soprano and that's not his name. But anyway, the little boy is Anthony and Nancy's like, he's the little boy. He's from the picture. So she really wants to get in touch with him and find out if he knows anything. So Nancy and Janie and Dan go over there and they find out that Dan can't speak the same kind of Italian that the workers can. Um, but Tony, like his uncle, cause Tony Soprano is his uncle. Um, little baby Tony found out that he'd been drawing and not doing his work and blah, blah, blah. And apparently the workers are not supposed to talk to each other. And there's some shit going on. Like they keep trying to get easy to tell him about it. And he's like, I don't want to talk about it. So, um, but they're like, can you tell us anything? And he's just like, my uncle's really mean to me and he doesn't let me go to school and he doesn't let me play with anybody else. And he only like, I think he tries to make him only speak Italian because clearly, I mean, you're getting what's going to happen here. Um, he, Tony Soprano is importing workers from Italy and making sure that they can't speak the native, the language in America so that they can't tell anybody about the conditions that they're working under. And, like, so there, he's, uh, you know, doing some human trafficking, basically. Um, but Nancy's like, so he's your uncle? And he's like, yeah, he's my uncle. But, like, and Nancy's like, do you know anything about your parents? And he's like, no, I don't know anything about my parents. And Nancy's like, okay, um, cool. So, um, Nancy also decides that she's going to try to track down the picture through the broken glass. She was like, probably the thief who stole it is going to replace the glass before they hand it over. Because, you know, clearly it wasn't, like... Yeah, we wanted a busted up ass picture frame. So she goes to local hardware stores and she's like, first off, the person probably has cuts on their hands. So she finds out where they were treated. Like she has to go to like a, a bunch of different places. And it's finally like somebody's house that they just casually do some light doctoring, which feels very 1800s. Um, but anyway, she's like, yeah. And, and the person that they patched up is like a local known jackass who just like is you know, likes to get into trouble, but is generally, like, not a bad person, or whatever, you know, just likes to be edgy, um, but he went to a local hardware store and picked up a, the right size glass, and it's the, like, surly hardware store, like, Nancy goes to three of them, and the first two are, like, very nice and fine, and the third one's, like, what the fuck, and Nancy sees, like, next to the phone, like, a piece of paper is written down with like the dimensions of the glass that she's looking for she's like hey bitch um so somebody can buy looking for that size glass huh and he's like oh yeah yeah somebody did i don't know um yeah it's it's all very strange it's all very like we don't know you and why are you trying to fuck with our shit which fair so so she finds out the name of the guy who clearly stole it and so she talks to the cops and the cops find out that he handed it over to the person who he got it from, and Nancy's like, Nancy goes to see him in prison, like, at this point, um, Bess and George have shown, he would be in jail, jail, um, Bess and George have shown up, and Nancy's like, let me tell y'all about what we've got going on, and we're gonna go see this guy in jail, and Bess and George are like, I don't, I don't, I don't know about any of this, this all seems real, real weird, but Nancy's like, I'm gonna go talk to him and see if he'll tell me who he gave the picture to, and they're like, okay, sure, so, she, his name is, like, Slim or some shit, he's got one of those, like, little, like, 1970s criminal nicknames, she's like, hey, Slim, and he's like, hey, um, yeah, so, you caught me, 
she's like, yes, I do have the twin to your glove. Um, anyway, it's so, it's so dumb. Anyway, so she's talking to him. She's like, so somebody gave you some money to break into that house and steal that picture. And he's like, yeah, I needed some money and they gave me some money for it. And you know, that person has more stuff than I do. So why does it fucking matter? And I was like, yeah, you're, yep, definitely. Um, and Nancy's like, well, what if, and she sees that he's like fiddling with a ring on his finger and she's like, well, what if somebody didn't have as much as you and they stole that ring off your finger? And he's like, my girl gave me this ring. I love this ring. And he's like, crime is bad. And Nancy's like, that's right. Crime is bad. Who did you give the picture to? He's like, I'm going to turn my life around. And Nancy's like, hell yeah, you are. Anyway, it's real, real weird. It's like, you can't just steal from people for, because you need stuff. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to end up writing something. Anyway, I keep, I keep saying it and it keeps happening. So Nancy walks out and she's like, yeah, bitch, I know who you sold the picture to. Um, so he actually gave it to, I think like Tony Soprano's like henchman or some shit. Anyway, so, yeah, Nancy's like, I knew he was taking him back because he's a bitch and he's been beating up his little nephew and he's he's not a good person. We gotta go get him. So, um, they, Nancy and her friends go back to, like, talk to him and they find Tony. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's how it plays out. They find Tony. He's running away. He, um, he was like, he beat the shit out of me and I'm sick of it and he tried to, like, shut me up in the house and I'm running away. And they're like, get in the car. And he's like, okay people, white people I've just met. It's cool. They take Tony, like, they make sure that he's okay. They, like, feed him, and they take him to Easy's little shepherd hut. They're like, hey, you guys can hang out, and he, his English is not great. Like, he speaks a little bit of English, and Easy doesn't speak any Italian, and so he's like, how the fuck am I going to talk to him? And Easy's like, um, y'all can, like, mime stuff, and also, like, hand gestures. I don't know. Anyway, so, and also he's got the walkie-talkie, but it seems like a good bet that if somebody comes to try to get him, they're going to try to get him out of the main house, so. Also, um, Judy takes Bess on a tour, and she's like, yeah, I'm not going to that slaughterhouse. This is a horror show. Like, oh my god, and I was like, again, Bess, you speak for all of us. Anyway, George, of course, is like, whatever, I'm going to go karate chop some shit, so it's fine karate chopping the answer to everything um yeah so nancy decides that she's gonna be a little smart ass and she's like um she puts a note in a like she has dan put a note in a tree that's like um your nephew is safe like a, a friend is taking care of him and so like then they call tony soprano they're like there's a note for a tree for you and he's like i don't know what you're what the fuck you're doing but you better you you kidnap my nephew and they're like what the fuck no what so he goes to get this note and he leaves like he's like you know you've got until tomorrow to turn him over i'm gonna turn you over to the authorities or some shit and nancy's like he's we're keeping him you're a bitch what the fuck like they there's a lot of there's a lot of just yelling profanity anyway there's not but there's the 1975 Nancy Drew equivalent of it. Um, so Nancy goes to check on the, the shepherd hut. Like they go up there to make sure that he's doing okay. Also they have to prepare for the boys arrival. They're going to take one of the, it's not a sharecropper hut, but it's like a, if, if he has a worker with a family, Junie's dad, like apparently has several of these little houses that he rents out to them. And they're very nice, and there's enough room for all the boys. And I was like, also some light banging. Um, anyway, so they're like, yes, it's very cute. Um, but anyway, so the boys are coming up, and the they go to check on the 
uh, the little boy and the shepherd. And like the, there's two guys that come up and they're like, we're from child protective services and we're here to collect the little boy. And Nancy's like, let me see your badges. And their badges have like the numbers filed off. And Nancy's like, I'm calling bullshit. And I think the boys have arrived by then. So there's like this big old knockdown drag out and like the two randos get away. But like they drop their, at least one of them drops their badges. And so Nancy's like, you sons of bitches, get the fuck out. Um, so they take the fake badge to the cops and the cops are like, no, this is real. But somebody like stole it and filed the badge. This is fucked up. What, what are you, what the fuck are y'all into? And Nancy's like, just some like kidnapping. It's fine. Shut up. So, um, when they go back, they can't find them and they find them tied up behind their house. Like they, they tied up that little hippie ketamine shepherd and they tied up little boy and also somebody else, like maybe like. Bess was there to, I don't know, any, anyway, like, I think that one of Ned's friends gets hurt, and he's like, I'm gonna kill everyone, <laughs> Ned has zero chill sometimes, um, so, they, um, the other thing that happens is the artist find, is like, I know somebody with the initials who came from this section of Italy that we're pretty sure that the picture came from, and so he invites her over, because her name is Danielle, like, her initials are correct, and she, um, is like, yeah, I drew that picture and I'm coming the fuck over because I've been looking for this bitch. And Nancy's like, hell yeah, let's, let's do this. I love a good confrontation at the end of a book. So, um, so they have to get back for that. And they also have to keep hold of the little boy. She is pretty sure, Danielle is pretty, the artist is pretty sure that the little boy is her son who was kidnapped by her brother-in-law like, years early, when he was a baby, and she hasn't seen him, so, um, that, that's what they're excited about, so, so they find them tied up, apparently, the guys in coveralls who, like, occasionally pretend to be child protective services, um, tied them up and left them behind the house, and so they were gonna come back and get them after it was nighttime, which you're like, fair, um, but anyway, so they untie them and, and hide them and everything, and so the woman comes over, Danielle, and she's like, oh my god, my son, um, and it's her, Yes, her fucking brother-in-law, after her husband died in that shipwreck, um, was like, well, marry me. And she was like, fuck no, I'm not marrying you. So he took her son, and he took her, that little picture that she made about him, and he took her money and left. And she couldn't track him. She didn't know where the fuck he was, and she had no resources. And so he was like, well, I knew that I could take better care of him. And she was like, because he stole my fucking money, you piece of shit. So, anyway, they have it out, and it's nice. The other thing that happened, the thing that Easy was, un, like, did not want to talk to them about, Ned and his friends went around and were talking to the other workers because they they had heard something, and they were like, it's a lot of the workers around here, something's going on. So, Ned and his friends pretended to also be workers who had also, like, there was some sort of secret thing that they were involved in. So they were like, oh yeah, we're involved in the secret thing too. And we haven't heard back from it. What they find out is somebody has been going around to all the local farm workers, like especially the ones at Tony Soprano's farm, but also the ones at Judy's dad's farm. And they're like, we need to form a union. You need to pay your union dues. And we'll give you like this gibberish receipt. And then like, after we've got enough money, we will like start collective bargaining. And 
they haven't heard anything back from these bitches. And so Ned and his friends are like, oh yeah, we've, what, you know, what do you know? What do you have? Like, and so the people show them their evidence and they're like, we're really upset that like nothing's happened. Now the people at Junie's dad's farm, like whenever Nancy's like, that's what's going on. Junie's dad gets upset because he's like, you know, they know that they can come to me. This is not a place that needs that kind of thing, which I was like, oh, but, like, Tony Soprano's definitely needs needs some collective bargaining. But the thing is that one of Tony Soprano's henchmen is the one who's going around and doing this. And it's, like, protection money. But he's not calling it that. But he's also, like, souring them against the entire idea of a union. And also collecting their money. So, all the farm workers are pissed. So, they all show up for the big confrontation when the Danielle comes over and she's like, You stole my, you stole my son, you son of a bitch. Um, and all the farm workers are like, and we want our fucking, like, union dues back because you fucking took them, you piece of shit. <clears throat> so, they find the union dues and distribute them back to the workers, and they're like, yeah, this is, this was shitty of him to do. And that's how it ends. Nancy has reunited the missing little boy and his artist mom, and the farm workers are, have their money back, and also, basically, like, Nancy's like, you know, if you need help, we can help you. We can, we can help you figure out how to, you know, get back to Italy if that's what you want, or we can, we can help you get out of this situation, basically. And Tony Soprano's arrested and taken away, and his mechanical birds, because they were fucking mechanical birds, like, that was his little security system, as he just had some mechanical birds, and I was like, and then AC Drew books, we do not have supernatural shit, but we do have futuristics, science shit like mechanical birds that can attack people drones with some feathers on them that just dive bomb the shit out of people so yeah so that's where it's at and I was like hmm I don't know how to feel about this so on the one hand like I don't love the shit that happened with the like casual just break into Nancy's house and steal her sheepskin coat um, and the guy who, Slim, who was in prison and was like, oh, I've turned my life around. Thank you for having, like, one conversation with me. Like, <sighs> mm, like, also, it's like, she's been involved in petty crime. And I'm like, okay, we, we gotta get away from this fucking narrative of, like, if you do some petty crimes, like, especially if they're, like, poverty related. Like, can we just talk about that? But no, we're not, that, that's not where the book is interested to talk about. The other interesting thing to me was the union thing. Like, the whole, like, this is not a legitimate union. This is a delegitimization of unions, and we need to talk about that. And I was like, on the one hand, yeah, like, that is the right thing to get out of this, but it's also, like, saying you're, you're leaning toward all unions are like this, because, like, whenever Jenny's dad is like, oh, no, we can't have that. Like, I'm I'm very angry that they would be trying to do this. And that's what Easy didn't want to talk about because he was like, I don't want to make my boss mad. And I was like, he employs you and he provides your housing and your food. And, like, yeah, of course, that's an awkward situation for you to be in where you're like, I don't want to say anything bad about him and make him mad at me. Because where else are you going to do your lemonade and your ketamine and your gentle Irish harping? So. And also, you're just casual Bible quoting. Um, yeah. And the little boy is, like, he's a really good artist, and he learns some English words, and he's very cute. And, again, he's, like, the perfect big-eyed child for Nancy to be like, yes, I want ever all the best for you. All the best for you, tiny little kidnapped child who, yeah. And he's like, yes, you should come visit me. And he's reunited with his mom, who he has no recollection of, pretty much. And, yeah, it's just... Oh my gosh. Mm. Yeah. Um, 
I don't really, I don't know. It's, there's a lot going on in it. I don't, it, it was all very, just, just real, real strange. And kind of the cover gives you that vibe where it's like, this is going to be a weird one. And it is indeed it is like, yeah. So yeah. Next time, because we're so fucking close. I think that we're doing 13th Pearl. I think that's the next one, which somebody was like, the 13th Pearl is what Shadow at the Water's Edge is based on. And I was like, that's a freaky game. So that's going to be real weird for me. It's probably not going to be as freaky as the game. The The game has some jump scares. I'm I'm not a jump scare girl. I'm, I am the epitome of somebody who is very strongly jump scared. So there is that. And I have no recollection of ever reading 13th Pearl. So that's going to be fun for me. So I think that one is the one that is next. So... Until then, hopefully my death cough won't come back and stay sleuthy, my friends.